The documentary film Bobby Wine, The People's President, depicts the transformation of Ugandan musician Robert Chagulani, better known as Bobby Wine, from music star into politician, member of parliament and a presidential candidate running against incumbent President Museveni, who's ruled Uganda since 1986. The doco about Bobby Wine's brave struggle against political repression in Uganda is up for an Oscar in 2024. And I spoke with Bobby Wine during his recent visit to the US. Thank you very much for having me. Bobby, the documentary covers the 2021 elections, which weren't free or fair and were characterised by violence and repression. The official result of those elections was that you got 35% of the presidential vote and your National Unity Party holds about 10% of the seats in the national parliament. It's now 2024. Could you give us an overview of the political situation in Uganda in 2024? First of all, to set record straight, I did not lose that election and it's not true that I got 35%. According to empirical evidence that we have, we won that election even by the statistics of the electoral commission, which were you know, rigged and uh, doctored still, we won General Museveni. So we won that election. However, we were not allowed to uh, swear in and uh, General Museveni forcefully took over. The crackdown continues to the present day where not only were my supporters and campaign team arrested uh, during the elections and many of them still continue to languish in prison, the crackdown continues to the present day. You yourself have been subject to intermittent house arrest. What is the state of your political movement in 2024, Bobby? We continue to struggle for equality, for democracy, and for the rule of law, and for respect for human rights. Of course, like you mentioned, I have also been arrested, beaten, and tortured, but this continues on other people that are less popular and less known and and have less uh, media attention than myself. So it continues and we continue to resist it. It seems likely that the next elections in 2026 are not going to be any more free or fair than the unfree, unfair elections of 2021. Is there a viable pathway to a change of government in Uganda through the rigged political process? It is true that um, there's no guarantee that the next elections, which are meant to be in 2026, uh, are going to be any free or any fair, because it is the same General Museveni that is in charge of our country. It is the same police, same military, and same electoral commission. However, we are sure that it can be different if the international community puts its foot down and says it's not going to be part of the criminality. If the international community ceases to sponsor the regime, puts conditions on its collaboration with Uganda, which condition, among others, we've been asking for respect for democracy, human rights, and the rule of law. Those should be preconditions for cooperation with Uganda. And I'm sure if the international community puts its foot down, then the situation will change in Uganda. How much of a factor do you think international support for President Museveni's regime has been in terms of the longevity of his rule? I'll say, for example, the United States alone gives up to a billion 
US dollars to General Seven, in which money is used in uh, patronage and, uh, of course, subjugation uh, of the population. If that is stopped, that alone, then so much can happen. In the past, there has been suspension of trade and suspension of uh, loans to Uganda due to gross human rights violations, especially. So we want the international community to be as assertive as when they suspended aid to Uganda and this pushed the regime to reconsider its human rights situation. Yes, you've branded President Museveni America's favorite African strongman. But at the end of October in 2023, the US president announced an intention to end Uganda's participation in one of its trade programs. And the US has also censured Uganda over its recently passed anti-homosexuality law. Do you welcome those moves and do you think that they're sufficient? I welcome every move that seeks to call the regime in Uganda to order. Do I think they're sufficient? I don't think so. I think much more assertive measures need to be put in place, including this association and isolation of the regime. When other dictators do what General Museveni is doing, people like Saddam Hussein and others, Mugabe inclusive, you know, they are more stringent measures that are put in place. We hope to see the same even this time around. If the system remains as rigged as it is, how would you see change coming to Uganda, Bobby? The regime, I mean, the system will not stay as it is, especially if we do what we must do. We know that the apartheid regime was strong and well-supported internationally, but when it was exposed thoroughly, in a film that exposed uh, the segregation during the apartheid regime in South Africa, this pushed not only for the release of Nelson Mandela, but also for the first free and fair elections in South Africa. So we strongly believe that with the efforts to reach out to the international community and to expose what is happening back home, we will succeed in weakening the regime. We will succeed in pushing them to respect the rule of law and to do what is morally right. And we believe that if what is morally right is done in Uganda, then we would be home and dry. On RN, we're speaking with Robert Kiagulani, also known as Bobby Wine, who's the leader of the National Unity Party, Uganda's main opposition party. And Bobby, there's no doubt that through the documentary film, Bobby Wine, The People's President, the profile of the situation in Uganda has grown internationally and obviously we're in a phase at the moment where the documentary is up for some of the world's most prestigious film awards. Has the international success of the film about you had any observable impact within Uganda? Oh yes, it has had a lot of observable impact in Uganda. For example, ever since that film came out, the regime has been conscious in its brutal crackdown on us. Mm. But again, when the film was nominated for an Academy Award, an Oscar to be precise, then it has given us more or less a new lease of life. We feel more confident that the regime is hesitant to crack down on us or eliminate us because they know that the world is watching in Uganda. So this film 
its nomination into the Oscars and the attention that comes with it has given us another level of safety and guarantee of life. Not that we have a guarantee of life, but at least we know that now that there's a more attention of the international community, then the regime would hesitate to eliminate us like it usually does. Bobby, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about your background, because obviously you rose to prominence as a musician and you've had great success in that field. But we learn from the documentary about how you made the decision to come into politics. But I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about it in your own words. I'm a musician, not was, but I'm still a musician. I still make music. Although my music is banned in Uganda and is punishable sometimes by abduction, prison, or even extrajudicial killing if one is found listening to my music uh, publicly, by they do listen to it. I was not in politics initially, but there's this one time when I was attacked and humiliated by a young man who was equally around my age group, but uh, because I was driving a brand new car, I, I got slapped and assaulted and uh, a gun pulled on my face. So that, for me, communicated to me that I was not safe as I thought I was, and I was not safe unless everybody else was. That caused me to start actively uh, speaking out against all injustices and all evils. However, 10 years later, this happened when I was about 25. So 10 years later, when I'm 35, I saw that Speaking about it in my music alone was not enough. I had to rise to the occasion and take a seat on a more formal platform to address these issues. Therefore, running for member of parliament, therefore winning, and the rest is history. Here I am. One of the things that really comes through from the film is the extraordinary impact that the repression has on your supporters, obviously on you as well, but also on your family and your children. Could you tell us a little bit about those impacts? Yeah, it has uh, in many ways disturbed me, almost disoriented me, because one of the hardest things, the, my, one of my hardest moments is to look in the faces of the families of the many victims, the many comrades that have been killed, that are missing, those that are in prison. And I always feel like, it's my responsibility, having led these people to a struggle that has cost them their freedom, at least in the meantime. But I'm always encouraged by their families that constantly stand with us and encourage me not to give up. Of course, it has had a toll on my family, that my children are many times traumatized. I have a little daughter who makes me promise that I would come back home safe and sound. Of course, I promised, but many times I failed to make it owing to the regime crackdown. So, yeah, it has had a mega toll on me and my family. But, you know, the goodness of the pudding is in the eating. <laughs> Bobby, one thing you do seem to be able to do fairly regularly is to travel internationally. Are there any signs that President Museveni's regime may restrict your ability to travel? Uh, thank you. For now, I can travel in and out of the country, although a few times I'm arrested at the airport when I return, but I can st I still have my passport, therefore I still uh, travel. However, some time ago, General Sebeni's Minister for Constitution, or for, for Justice and Constitutional Affairs, 
mentioned that he, he intends to move a motion that restricts me, that slaps a travel ban on me, because according to him, I was exposing the country and killing its investment opportunities. On our end, we're speaking with Robert Chagulani, also known as Bobby Wine. And Bobby's the leader of the National Unity Party, which is now the biggest opposition party in Uganda's parliament. After a successful career in music, Bobby is now the most prominent opponent of the regime of President Museveni, who's ruled Uganda since 1986. 38 years is a long time for anyone to stay in any position, and President Museveni is now very old. There is some commentary, it seems, on the possibility that his son may take over power. Could you give us your sense of what indications President Museveni has for a succession plan? Well, I would say that uh, General Museveni is not only planning to install his son as president, but the plans are already in um, advanced stages of uh, him imposing his son as a ruler of Uganda thereby effectively turning the Republic of Uganda into a monarch. We resist it, we continue to speak against it, and we mention without hesitation that it is uh, unconstitutional. Our constitution, as it is in Uganda, forbids any serving military officer from involving in active politics. However, General Seveni's son is excluded is above the law, just like it is usually the case that always the ruling family is always above the law. Do you have a sense of the character of the president's son? Would you prefer, for example, to confront him in an election than the incumbent? Well, I would say that General Museveni's son has the complete disregard of the law. He has threatened journalists. He has insulted women. And uh, he commands the elite, the paramilitary force, which is responsible for the abduction and torture of political opponents of General Seveni. He publicly confessed and uh, bragged about torturing a world-renowned author, Kakwenza Rukiraba Saija, who disagreed with him. So that's the kind of person that seeks to succeed his father. We strongly believe that he's uh, many, many, many more times worse than his father, General Museveni. I wonder to what extent is it possible for you and your party and your allies to prepare for the possibility, remote as it may seem, of taking over government? You know, you're clearly willing to lead, but do you feel ready to lead? We are definitely ready to lead, but most importantly, we are ready for our freedom, you know. We are ready for our freedom, and uh, it is not just us, but we are working with many, many other forces of change. We are working closely with the former opposition leader, Dr. Kiza Besige, who challenged General Seveni four times. We are working with the leaders. With the religious leaders and cultural leaders, we are also working with uh, civil society organizations. So we are a whole collaboration of different walks of life that seek to chart a new path for our country. 
How much time do you get for music these days, Bobby? I rarely get time for music, but music being part of me and, uh, you know, more of a hobby than a vocation, where I do music as a way of relaxing. And glad enough in that relaxing or that leisure, I get to release songs that also add on the value of our struggle. Yes, because I was wondering, obviously, it was such an important part of you. Is there a a sense of loss? Obviously, a voluntary thing because you've chosen to make this political commitment. But do you still feel the, the loss of the, the simpler, probably more enjoyable life of being a full-time and successful musician? That's true. Actually, as a matter of fact, I feel so much at loss, yes. My entry in politics came with so much love, so much acceptance, but above all, it came along with a much-desired growth, going through a series of growth, the process that I wouldn't have gotten from anything else. But yes, it has also taken one valuable thing from me, and that's my freedom, the freedom to be vulnerable, the freedom to laugh carelessly, and the freedom to be an ordinary human being. I don't regret it. This is a calling that I believe if I did not respond to the way I did, I would never forgive myself. One of the striking things about Uganda's demographics is what a young population the people of Uganda are. I think the average age is under 16. You obviously have a lot of support amongst Ugandan youth, but I wonder if you could speak to us also about what the current regime does to try and prevent young people from seeking political change. It's very true. We are the second youngest country in the world, 45 million, but 85% of which is under the age of 35 and having 85%, never having seen another leader is one big factor. In Uganda, there's nothing but fear for the young people, because uh, the regime has not had any plan. Many of us feel like we are a product of the failure of the regime. So the regime has nothing but to be scared of the young people. The regime has resolved to deal with this generation militarily and with absolute violence. Ever since the failure to woodwink them and to intimidate them now, it's abductions and uh, murder. Basically, the regime back in Uganda has decided to send chills down the spines of young people, to send fear. So they use fear and terror to curb resistance. Well, Bobby, it's been great speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining us on RN. Thank you very much for having me. And good luck for the Oscars. Thank you. That was Robert Chagulani, also known as Bobby Wine, who's the leader of the National Unity Party, now the biggest opposition party in Uganda's parliament. And after a successful music career, Bobby is now the most prominent opponent of President Museveni's regime. Museveni has been ruling Uganda since 1986. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.